Well, I just, I just, yeah, like this. We, we we talked about Sigma recently uh, in one of the other episodes, but it seems like just there's, there's this ongoing Sigma in the rules as well, and nothing's really going to change until someone takes that step. Um, but that might lead us on to the next conversation. Yeah, yeah nice, so good segue. Introducing, uh, so in our uh, regular um, scheduled uh, episodes from episode six onwards, this of course being the first, um, what we're going to do is start with a, a conversation about the, the headline topic. But um, since Johnny uh, and future experts are such a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. what we're, we're, we're going to do is uh, hand the mic over to have a discussion about anything new or interesting in cannabis, whether it's globally, domestically, uh, medically, otherwise, uh, industry or, or consumer facing, um, anything interesting that's going on. And uh, Johnny, we, of course, um, have been talking a little bit about the, the, the big thing in the headlines over the last week in Victoria about uh, the drug driving um, changes. Um, before I hand the mic over, of course, in uh, Australia right now, with exception to, to Tasmania, in every other jurisdiction, you currently are not allowed to drive under the intoxication of uh, THC. But practically speaking, um, the roadside drug test, you basically just can't have it. Any. Um, so what that means is if you're smoking uh, prescribed oil or um, taking, um, sorry, smoking a prescribed flower or taking an oil with THC, the advice at the moment has to be, look, you, you, you kind of can't drive. And, and, and that obviously is quite debilitating and difficult for, for, for patients who rely on the medicine to, to get through their, their, their day-to-day conditions. So, so Johnny, what's, uh, what's been happening of late? Well, it's a timestamp as well right now because you yeah, said good right point. now it is the 17th of March, 2023. So, uh, Mike, back to you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so the, the latest updates is, well, we have two, um, two MPs from the Legalised Cannabis Party sitting in the um, upper house of the Victorian Parliament. And they have um, brought forward a bill to amend the drug driving laws in Victoria so that people with medicinal cannabis prescriptions um, will be exempt from um, basically being charged with an offence if traces of THC are found in their system while driving. So as you said, Currently, you're not allowed to drive with THC in your system, but the argument is that a lot of these patients, they are taking a THC product and want to drive unimpaired. So they're not impaired, they're not intoxicated, but they may have trace amounts of THC in their system and they're not allowed to drive because uh, it's an offence and um, they could get caught, they'll have their license suspended so thanks to the legalized cannabis party members uh david edishank and rachel Payne, who have brought forward this bill to amend the road safety uh, act and um it was actually debated in parliament last week so they weren't sure about how the other parties uh, especially the Labor Party, who is in control in Victoria, were going to take the the bill. But surprisingly, all the other parties uh, were found to agree on the amendments. 
And the Labour Party has uh, indicated that they are going to make a change to the to the driving laws, which was really to everyone's surprise, but a, a welcome surprise, a welcome surprise. And um, we're now just waiting for them to take some action on, on this. So that's where the ball is in their court. Even the uh, leader of the opposition said that it, the current system is unfair so and, and it's inconsistent. And uh, we're now just waiting to see what action the, the government is going gonna, is gonna to take. That's, that's, that's nuts. Like, so you're saying it's much closer because uh, obviously I'm, I'm yeah, not very, very crossed in the news, but so it is because we've been talking about how it's potentially going to be a thing coming, but everyone was actually on board. They're waiting for, they're waiting for what now? They're waiting for action. They're waiting for someone to just go, all right, cool. Everyone said, yes, uh, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically that's, that's where, it, where it's at. Obviously the, uh, Victorian Parliament has priorities and they can only, you know, deal with um, a number of things at the same time. So we'll say it's in the pipeline and there's all these talks about how it's going to work. So yeah. what does impairment mean? How is it going to be defined? What is going to be the test to make sure that you're unimpaired? if you are found to have THC in your system. So all of those things still need to be ironed out and then the bill needs to be uh, passed through the parliament. Um, if, that, if there's no movement in the next few months, uh, I can guarantee you that uh, the legalised cannabis party members are going to start um, making some noise. We, we, we did notice that at the A Cannabis event um, the last two days, there was a lot of conversation of how it would be done. And honestly, a, a lot of it can't be done through the blood alcohol test and having THC in someone's system. It's not accurate for um, like, because then if you're putting them over a certain amount of THC in the system, it's just not accurate. Um, I, it's hard to ask what you think and how you think it will evolve. Uh, but looking to your crystal ball, Johnny, what, what, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Uh, so there were some research studies being done on other methods of looking at uh, impairment beyond the, the blood alcohol test. I'm not exactly too sure about the specifics of that or how far it got and how successful they were. But they were, I think it was Monash University in, in Melbourne who was doing that. The problem is that there really, yeah, isn't a standard test at the moment that, that can be done. And you might be able to sort of fake it, <laughs> you know, um, and, that, and I guess that's what the government wants to avoid. They don't want any impaired drivers on, on the road, rightly so. Um, and the, they want to make sure that um, the test is going to be able to be robust to, to make sure that it's only unimpaired people who are being exempt. So you well, can't well, be... What's, yeah. happening, what's happening worldwide as well? Because like the, the, there was a guy from Spain and he said, oh, yeah, 
drive, yeah, it's a big problem. And then they said, oh, well, what are you guys doing about it? He said, people are just driving. <laughs> like that's genuinely, it was like, there's no test. People, people just do it. And like, we, we like hope, I guess. So, so for the benefit of the listeners, one of the big problems with uh, roadside uh, testing in the same way that we do with alcohol for THC is there, there is no equivalent like THC level in the same way that we have 0.05 for driving where it's a binary beyond this amount you are intoxicated or, or unable to drive because for an experienced user who has a high tolerance, mm-hmm. they could have a lot of THC in their body and be subjectively um, competent behind a wheel. But inversely, somebody with a really low tolerance who you know doesn't have much experience or has a different endocannabinoid system, it might only take trace amounts of THC for them to feel as though I really shouldn't be getting behind the wheel. So something that uh, the, the, the politicians in Victoria will have to iron out over the next few months will be, how do we simultaneously allow people who have a valid prescription to drive, yeah. particularly when they are um, s- safe to do so and often in a better position to drive um, when they're on their medication while simultaneously um, keeping the road safe for, for other road users? And it is a complicated problem. I think we can all agree that the current uh, statutory landscape is unjust to the roughly 75,000 Victorians who are prescribed medical cannabis. However, um, the roadmap to, to, to legalization, but also to more equitable driving laws is, is something that uh, will be really exciting to, to see whether the parliament lands. Mm. Yeah, very exciting. Um, it's really great. This is really important for patients. This is more important than the actual legalization of adult use cannabis. It's, it's more important than that. It's not fair that people who need this medication to, to have a quality, a, a certain quality of life, uh, you know, are, are not allowed to, to drive. It's really unfair. Um, and as one um, person commenting on the issue um, said, certain, you know, patients take cannabis to help with their sleep. So if they're not allowed to take their medication, then they're going to be driving uh, sleep deprived. So what's more dangerous, an unimpaired medicinal mm-hmm. cannabis driver yeah. or a sleep deprived driver? Right? Especially with all the ads of uh, if you're fatigued, take a nap. Like, come <laughs> <Yeah>. on now. <laughs> like, seriously, you're yeah. creating a problem by preventing like what they seem as a problem, but it, it is it is tough. Yeah, and hearing all these very intellectual people uh, speaking about the difficulties of it, um, I do understand people wanting to get it right, um, or at least Australia wanting to get it right before they get something out there. But I do also think that once it is out, uh, I've spoken to a lot of people myself, um, and they, I feel like the floodgates will be opened of people pursuing it and um, not worrying about like because diminishing that like the driving issues then it's like if anything financial people are going to have to have to look at it and but uh, there's so much benefit for them um so it will be funny to see if the floodgates do open or or if they if they stay the same well it's a really good point though because we've had a number of patients mm. who 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 are 
unsure whether they should upschedule from the isolate to, to you know, a full spectrum oil, for example, with THC. Despite, and, despite the benefits. And the key reason why a lot of these patients, in fact, almost all are hesitant is driving. So yeah. um, there have been a handful of instances where they have, um, with the doctor's supervision, gone on the, the full spectrum oil and they, they call me a week later and say, this has changed my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I'd done it sooner. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, without giving any... Uh, specifics, yeah. of course, but like uh, a recent conversation, you know, three days ago was um, uh, I, I got a call from from, from somebody who had uh, cancer that that a few years ago they they've recovered and naturally with chemotherapy a wide array of ongoing symptoms and and and, and consequences from their their experience and um, they were apprehensive about a full spectrum oil because of driving, but ultimately the the doctor and them spoke about it and and it was concluded that that it's worth trying in the context wow. of how severe their symptoms were. And they literally called me three days ago to say, this has changed my life. I'm sleeping better. My appetite has helped. My pain is, I'm feeling the best I have since my treatment. And also here's my uh, housemate's number. He wants you to give him a call mm-hmm. because he has PTSD <laughs> and he sees how helpful it's been for me. And he wants to to have a chat to, to the doc. So it like, I just wonder with legalization uh, of the driving with the script, how many current patients who aren't sure about THC might be comfortable trying it? How many uh, non-patients who you know are interested in cannabis but uh, don't don't want to touch it like there's so much good that can be can, can be done with these changes aside from the 75,000 Victorians who who will be directly benefited mm. now I feel as though that's uh this has been one of our best ones yet this has been a uh, I wanted to say a sincere uh thank you for for this episode it was clear I was so impressed by your ability to uh run us through the entire cultivation process with hardly any preparation with obviously a, a, a major uh, deadline of your, your PhD thesis uh, <laughs> yeah, as recently as yesterday. Um, I thought this was absolutely exceptional. Um, do you have any, uh, do either of you guys have any closing remarks before we, 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 we wrap this no, one up? No, this has been awesome. You've simplified it. It's cultivation for dummies. And uh, I feel like if I had 10 mil, I'd probably know the steps to take to grow. So, <laughs> yeah. Now we just need to crowd raise $10 million. 10 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. No, thank you, Hire a legacy grower and then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm only compliant here. Fantastic. Look, thanks for listening, guys. This was episode six, How Is Medical Cannabis Grown? And we'll uh, see you in episode seven, Cannabis Research. What's going on behind the scenes? See you soon.